0: So in November of 2015, Caitlin and I thought we knew what we were getting ourselves into, and we decided that we were going to adopt from the Philippines. Now, I'm sure those of you who have adopted before are probably chuckling a little bit now, because you know that an adoption never goes as one might expect. There's so much paperwork, and then there's so much waiting, When I first came to Kingswood three years ago, I told Pastor James that we were in the midst of an adoption, but that it would likely be at least another year. And yet, those were the famous, famous last words, because about a month uh, and a half later, I got a call, and I I remember that call well. I was I was at our kitchen table, and so once I realized that it was the adoption agency, I got out a pen and a paper, and, and, and I wanted to write notes down. About halfway through that conversation, Caitlin came in the door and wondered who I was on the phone with, so I'm trying to motion to her to, to let her try to communicate that to her. I probably didn't do a very good job, and, and I finished that conversation, I hung up the phone. I, I told Caitlin, and she looked at the piece of paper, and I was like, well, what did you write down? And the only thing, the only thing I wrote down was Clark's name. In this, in this unexpected moment, there was a mixture of about every single emotion, and I wasn't quite sure what to do. Caitlin and I both weren't quite sure, but we, we took the first step, and then we took the next one, and eventually, five months later, we landed in, in the Philippines and met our son Clark for the first time. The thing that that I learned is that when something unexpected happens, we are often overwhelmed with what to do next. But what we need to do is take that first next step. And then we take the next one and then the next one. The thing is over these past few months, most if not all of us have experienced unexpected changes because of COVID-19. We've had to quarantine. We started working from home. We have started wearing masks everywhere we go. Everything's went online. It became complicated to do simple things, like going out to eat at a restaurant or visiting friends and family. We had to cancel vacation plans. Not quite sure when we would be able to go again. In January 2020, this is not what any of us expected. Yes, it's been difficult and still continues to be a bit unexpected. And yet, we've seen some amazing things happen over this time. We've had multiple outdoor Bible studies that brought people together in new and unique ways. Similarly, we were able to have worship services not only online, but also in the back parking lot when the weather was nice. We have been able to gather in cars on two different occasions and have an inflatable screen and watch a movie together. We've served more families at the food pantry, and as we continue to house pads, guests, in hotels than we have ever done before. While COVID and what it's brought has been unexpected, it has taught us the importance of being there for each other it has shown us the importance of being present with one another and that we can't do this life thing on our own. COVID has shown us that we need one another more than ever. And, and the Bible story that, that we heard read earlier teaches us even more about these unexpected moments in our lives and what to do with them. So I want to turn now um, and read the scripture again that we, we just heard read from Second Kings and see what it has to teach us about encountering God, how God provides in these unexpected moments. So again, uh, today's uh, Bible sh- uh, passage today will be from the book of Second Kings, and that's in the Old Testament or the Hebrew Scriptures. Towards the beginning of your Bible, you'll find First and Second Samuel, then First Kings, and then you'll arrive. At 2 Kings. So if you have your Bible uh, with you at home, I encourage you to open to 2 Kings chapter 5. And we're going to start in verse 9 today. It says this So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and halted at the entrance of Elijah's house. And I want to stop here for a moment and note that, that Naaman is not just some other Israelite or some other person in town. But notice that he came with horses and chariots. He's a Syrian man, most likely a commander of an army, which is why he comes with these horses and chariots. He was a very important man. This would be like a motorcade of vehicles pulling up because Tom Hanks needs to ask you a question. And not only does does Tom Hanks, uh, he doesn't send someone else from the group to knock on your door, but he's the one who goes and knocks on your door, because he has to ask you something. And then notice what happens next. It says, Elijah sent a messenger to him, saying, go wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. And we'll see in a moment the reason that he needs to be clean is because he has leprosy, uh, this skin disease. But, but I want to also point out here, not only is this important person, this name in coming uh, to Elisha's door, but Elisha doesn't, doesn't go out himself. He sends a messenger to tell him what he needs to do. And this would be like see, maybe seeing someone come to your door and shutting off all the lights, going upstairs and pretending like you're not home. So they'll just knock and hopefully just go away. Or maybe, maybe um, you, you, you see someone coming and, And you send someone else out to do it. And I know no one no one watching this does that, but I've heard that occasionally that might happen sometimes. That's what this is like in this moment. Then, not surprisingly, Naaman gets angry. It says, But Naaman became angry and went away. I thought uh, I thought that for me he would surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, and I would And he would wave his hand over the spot and cure the leprosy. Are not Abana and Parfar, the rivers of Damascus, better than the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? He turned and went away in a rage. So so we see Naaman is expecting Elisha the prophet to come out of his house and heal his leprosy. But that is not what happened. And it makes him angry. Not only is Naaman angry, but he begins to doubt even what the messenger through Elijah is asking him to do. Remember, he's not an Israelite. So when the messenger says to go wash in the Jordan, that is the waters of Israel. Naaman is so mad that he's like, I don't think I need to do that. I can just go to the river of Damascus, and, and that would be just as good, right? But that's not what Elijah asked him to do. And, and, but look what happens next. And in, in the next few verses it says, "...but his prophets approached and said to him, Father, if the, if the prophet had commanded you to do something difficult, would you not have done it? How much more then, when all he said for you to do was wash and be clean? So he went down and immersed himself seven times in the Jordan according to the word of the man of God. His flesh was restored like the flesh of a young boy." and he was clean. So we see here, Naaman is about to kind of lose all hope of him ever being healed. But one of his servants stops him. He reminds him that he needs to let go of his anger, and all he needs to do is go to this river, wash seven times, and he will be healed. It's important here to note that for, for a servant to step up and respond, and, and, and in some ways confront Um, his master, Naaman, um, would have been a huge, huge risk. And I'm sure that servant was probably a little bit surprised when Naaman was like, oh, that's a good idea. Okay, let's go and do that. But Naaman listens to what the messenger of Elijah said, and he is healed. But notice what happens next. It says, then he returned to the man of God, he and all his company, And he came and stood before him and said, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Please accept a present from your servant. But he said, as the Lord lives who I serve, I accept nothing. He urged him to accept, but he refused. So we see Naaman could have continued on his way. I'm sure he He seems like an important man. He probably had lots of other things to do. But he doesn't do that. After washing and being made clean, he returns to Elisha. Now remember, this is not just Naaman. He's not by himself, but he's with a whole company of people. And they all go and wash in the Jordan. And then they all come back to Elisha and and to thank him and and, and to do that. Naaman recognizes here the God of Elisha the prophet. Again, this is a big deal because Naaman was not an Israelite, and and therefore he probably would have worshipped many different gods. But in this moment, he recognizes Yahweh, the God of Elisha. This is similar to other stories throughout the Hebrew scriptures, where we see Daniel in the lion's den, or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, who survived the fiery furnace. Those kings, when they recognize this unexpected nature of throwing Daniel in the lion's den, and the lions not tearing him apart. Or we see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego go into the fire furnace, and then we see this, this angel figure there, and they survive. Those kings respond in a similar fashion that Naaman responds in this story. There is only one God, and it's the God of Israel. And then Elijah continues and concludes this conversation with Naaman by saying this. Go, In peace. The phrase, go in peace, is seen in other parts of scripture connected to healing as well. For example, in in Luke chapter 8, when Jesus heals Jairus' daughter, he says, go in peace. Again, connecting this healing to even the story of Naaman in 2 Kings. The point is, Naaman expected Elisha himself to come out and to heal him, but that is not what happened. But nevertheless, God provided. Nevertheless, Naaman was healed. God continued to provide. And not only did God provide, but Naaman's life was forever changed. Like many stories throughout the Hebrew scriptures uh, in general, and and especially in this book of 2 Kings in particular, this is a bit of an odd, odd story. Just two weeks ago, we heard another uh, bizarre story from uh, the book of Second Kings, and, and with the prophet Elisha, we talk, uh, Pastor James talked about this this pot of stew, and it was really bad. And they added some flour and stuff in there; it, it made it better. It's, it's a really weird and unexpected and odd story. And this story is very similar. We see this unexpected miraculous healing, not even through the prophet, but uh, through a prophet telling his messenger to Naaman to go. Wash, he gets angry, finally does do it, and is healed. However, I think these stories teach us so much. We're all in these unprecedented times. I don't know about you, but when unexpected things happen, it it seems to be happening more and more frequently these days. And when it happens, I can maybe be a bit like Naaman. I can get angry, I'm not sure what to do, because things aren't going as i thought they would go and while this is true it's important to highlight that god through what god is doing through elisha in this passage even though it's not what naaman expects god still provides naaman washes himself seven times in the jordan river and is healed for you and i today it's important to ask ourselves what is the unexpected thing that god is calling you to do The thing that might cause you all sorts of emotions, like it did for Naaman. But what is the thing that God is calling you to do, to be a bit uncomfortable, that may be a bit unexpected? The thing that is hard about this for you and I, is that often these things are unexpected because, well, we don't expect them to happen. However... Elisha shows Naaman that he only needs, the thing he needs to do is take one step. He needs to go to the Jordan River, the second step. Then he needs to wash seven times. It is important as you and I continue in this COVID time to not be overwhelmed by the unexpected. It's easy to be like Naaman and get angry because things aren't going as they thought they would go. What you and I can do is one. We can look to God knowing that in the midst of every moment, whether it's expected or unexpected, that God still provides. And two, talk to God. What is the one next step that you need to take? By doing this, like Naaman, you and I will see that God will continue to provide hope and love and peace each and every day. So as Caitlin and I uh, continue to embark on our second adoption... Uh, We thought when we started the second one that we knew what we were doing when we knew what to expect. And probably as you might be thinking right now, there were some unexpected twists and turns even in this second adoption. I've had uh, a few conversations with some of you you and and asked a variety of questions, but basically summed up in this, will this time be quicker? since you've adopted before. I know to to many of your uh, surprised faces, uh, the answer is no. But what Caitlin and I have been learning through this process, and about life in general, is that there will be all sorts of unexpected things. Sure, now we have COVID. But after this time, there will be something else that happens in our lives that isn't the way that we thought it was going to be or is unexpected. And the point is in all of it, we as a community of Kingswood, in spite of the difficult nature that often accompanies unexpected things, we can know that God will provide. God's presence continues to be with each and every one of us. And we, like Naaman, can know that God is with us. And by knowing And recognizing this, especially in unexpected moments, we will hear God say to us, go in peace. And we will go in peace knowing that God's love and hope is very present and real with all of us. So may we be a church that in the midst of unexpected times continues to lean into the hope of God. Because through doing this, we our church, our community, and a world like Naaman will be forever changed. Amen.